Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're in the government market, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking about the importance of keeping up with contract administration. Let's get right to it. Today, we're discussing dental hygiene. I mean, not not really, (laughs) but we're using that as the lead for this. I am really good at finding excuses to not floss every day. Despite the fact that my dentist reminds me every six months, he says, you know, she says, are you flossing? And I say, uh, the, usually, you know, like every other day or, or sometimes, you know, I use some kind of dodge that is something other than every day. And she says, every time, try to floss every day. And I say, okay. And, you know, six months later, we're, we're back in the same place. It's something that you need to do, right? Well, contract management has some of the same characteristics of flossing is that it, you, you don't have to do it every day, but you do have to do it enough. Before we get any deeper into the dental hygiene versus contract manager analogy, and yes, I think we're finally starting to use that word correctly. It's not a metaphor. This is an analogy we're using. <laughs> Let's stop and say thanks. I want to say thanks to our Apple podcast reviews. We're, we're dipping into the, the visiting the Apple podcast reviews for this one. Thanks to all of you who have posted reviews on iTunes. We have 120 run reviews, 121 reviews. All of them are four and five star, except one. <laughs> Get one solitary one star review. Right. There's thousands of people that hate us, but are way too lazy to go to iTunes and post a review to let everyone else know how much they hate us. I'm sure there's thousands of people that hate us. I'm guessing yes. thousands that hate us. We're somehow offending somebody. But somebody was really motivated to, uh, because it's not easy to leave a review. So yes, very much thank you to those of you that have taken the time to leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, rather rather than focus on the one star, I want to applaud that 99 plus percent who have given us four and five star reviews. So two of them in particular, the first post is entitled Extremely Helpful. It's a five-star review and it's from Hey, It's CMG. And it says, this podcast really captures a perspective so rarely available in your everyday contracting job. Kevin and Paul do a great job of covering relevant concepts relating to government acquisition and are very knowledgeable and passionate about what they do. This is said on every episode, and I totally agree with it. If you work anywhere in the government contracting world, this podcast is for you. That is a great review. It's another one, another five-star review entitled Refreshing Contracting Education from W.L. Herrera. And this one says, the hosts are effective as teachers and their upbeat style of presenting makes the subject matter come to life. Again, our thanks to Hey It's CMG and W.L. Herrera for posting those and for everyone that has taken the time to post a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Back to our strained analogy. We're talking flossing today. I love flossing, said no one ever, (laughs) right? I mean, flossing is one of the most under, well, one of the most underappreciated daily dental habits, you know, other than brushing, right? I I don't think brushing is underappreciated. I think brushing is appreciated. I think... Yes, flossing is underappreciated. This is the strangest conversation I've ever had on a podcast. Um, anyway, it's tedious uh, and the results are, you know, they're assumed. It's long-term. Like you think it's going to help you, so that's why you're supposed to do it, right? I mean, it's not exciting to prioritize flossing. And if we ignore it, I mean, a lot of the damage that can be caused, is, it can be fixed if we're willing to put enough effort and money into fixing it. Like what? It's, like getting dentures when your teeth fall out because you didn't there floss? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you can get you can get gum disease. They can fix that. You get cavities. You can fix that. You can get a root canal. They can fix that. So you could actually just ignore flossing and hope it works out. But we argue that's not a good strategy. Just like on the contract management side, contract management is not sexy. 
Few people want to prioritize it. And again, even if we ignore it, much of the damage that can is caused by ignoring our contract management can be fixed with enough effort and money. You can mod the contract. You can get loans from the, from the government or f- from someone to fix the financial pitfalls. You can do equitable adjustments. That's the hard way, but you can do it. Right. We'll get, it, we'll get into how and why in a minute. The good news is about the flossing is I figured out that there's a critical flossing threshold. For me, if I floss every third day, it's enough to keep the dentist from giving me a whole lot of static. I don't get cavities. You know, it's just, there's, that's my maintenance level. Right? <laughs> Even though she still asks do yes. you floss every day, right? Yeah, every but, time, exactly. Yeah. The trick is that you don't really know if every third day is enough. True. And you're not going to know for a long time. You might end up with cavities or gum disease that could have been prevented had you flossed every day. But the point here isn't how often should you floss or how often should you pay attention to your contract's administration tasks. The point is you know you have to pay at least some attention to contract management and some attention to flossing. You can't just floss a hundred times the day before your dentist appointment and expect <laughs> good results, right? Just like you can't cram all of your contract management tasks into the day before the contract ends. There's a similar critical threshold, we'll call it, in most, or I, I would argue even every contract. I say that from experience because I screwed this up <laughs> and I've, I've managed exactly zero of my contracts with the level of detail and oversight that is required by the FAR, right? It's, it's really difficult to get every step <laughs> right. Great story is that when I was at Patrick Air Force Base, we did the, um, the, the contracting officer representative letters. There's a letter that says, I officially appoint somebody as a contracting officer's representative. We have a podcast episode about that. Well, those are required to be in the file. Now they were in there. But were they all signed by me with, you know, with an actual pen, right? Were they in the file? Well, guess what? They're doing an inspection. I think every two years they do an inspection. We knew the inspection was coming. We knew that was one of the things that they were going to check. So that is when I got out my dental floss and ran into the file and pulled all those out and made sure every one of them, I'll take it like seven of them, were actually signed. So in that case, I kind of dodged a bullet because if you know, that's one of those critical things you're supposed to have make sure you, that you did. Yeah, it works for that, but it doesn't work so well for some other activities. Most contracts, at least production contracts, deliverable contracts, have a list of items, documents, data that's required to be delivered. And it tells you who you have to deliver it to and exactly when it's due, how often it's due, and what the format is really describes what you have to deliver. In the DOD world, there's a form. I think it's a DD form 1423. I believe That is the contract data requirements list. And that form has all those things I just talked about, what you're delivering when, who you're delivering it to. If you're not paying attention to when your deliverables are due, if you're not tracking those and administering the contract correctly, you probably can't just submit them all the day before the contract's over, or in your case, like the day before the inspection came, you signed all the letters. Exactly. You probably don't get they were credit. signed. I swear they were. Yeah, right. You probably don't get credit for that. Because now you have late deliverables, and that's not really a probable event. A lot of these deliverables have to be done every quarter or every six months or whatever, and then it would have been noticed ahead of time. The point is you can't just push them off till the end. Think about on the government side. If you don't do your CPARs, your contractor performance assessment reports on time, the system notices, the contractor notices, because their data is not in the system. 
and, and these can be particularly frustrating like the CPARs because you're not the only one putting input in that form. Your customer, your program manager, and even the contractor gets to put some content into that CPARs. So for it to get done by the date it's supposed to get done, you don't start the night before. Like you said, you can't floss a hundred times and we're all just going to pencil whip this thing the day before. It could take you know weeks of planning and work to get it done on time. If you have a contract that's incrementally funded, not paying attention to the administration can really bite you. Think about it from the industry side. If you're not reporting to the government when you've expended most of the funding as is required by a clause, the government doesn't know that they need to get more funding and do a funding mod to keep you running, to keep the contract going. So at some point, you're going to submit an invoice that they can't pay because there's not enough money on the contract. And it's going to take them time to get that money to pay you. So in some cases, that could really be painful if you can't pay your employees, for instance. That also impacts the government. If the government isn't doing the funding mod on time after they've received your proper notification per your contract, if they don't, if they don't do that funding mod, then you can't invoice because the money's not on there. And they get all kinds of mad. And you may have to stop working because you're yep. out of money which impacts mission and could mean that now you're going to submit a request for equitable adjustment to get paid for all the extra costs you incurred by having to stop and restart. These are minor things, but much like flossing with a little attention to it, you're not going to get that equitable adjustment cavity. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that the, the compounding impact of not doing the flossing yeah. is having to clean up that mess afterwards. Yeah. And not everything's it. clear, right? It's clear when you have a cavity. It's clear that, ouch, something hurts. But gum disease is one of those progressive things. <laughs> wow, we're really getting deep into the analogy here. <laughs> we're it, stretching this one. From the industry side, there's a lot of deliverables that aren't in that cedral. It's not on a, a list where it's easy to say. It just It's an attachment to the contract of, hey, all these things are due. There are a lot of thing, deliverables that are buried in clauses, like, like your subcontract reporting or subcontract management compliance reporting. Whether or not you're actually subcontracting to the the right percentage of small businesses and women-owned small businesses and everything you committed to, that's something that has to happen. But it's not plain to see unless you know your contracts. And there are a lot of fill-ins and clauses. They may say, if left blank, they mean 60 days. But what if the contracting officer put 90 days in there or 15 days? And you don't know that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're really late and right. didn't even see it coming. We've gone pretty deep without actually mentioning the FAR yet. I don't think we have anyway. The FAR it's time. The FAR uses the term contract administration, not contract management. We we have kind of used them interchangeably here. Yeah, and the phrase contract administration comes up 171 times in just the FAR, not even all the supplements. Uh, FAR 4.801 addresses contract files and documentation, right? <laughs> just, we actually have an episode about the, about the riveting topic of file this. I think it's what the episode <laughs> is called. But all that work that goes into managing and administering a contract. About a third of the contract administration references in the FAR are in FAR Part 42, which is called uh, Contract Administration and Auditing Procedures, I believe. Yeah. FAR 42.302 lays out a list of like 82 different functions that are expected to be performed when you're administering a contract. That's a lot of flossing. Yeah, it is. That, that, <laughs> and, goes, that goes back to what you were saying before of how many contracts did you actually do 
or review that list of 82 things and do them all all the time. Uh. <laughs> all right, let's get specific on the government side. We've kind of been bouncing back and forth so far. The path to a successful contract experience, you know, issuing a contract and having what you expected delivered on time, on budget, the path to that experience is consistent contract management. You can't just go at it the day before the contract's over. Repairing is a lot more painful than prevention. Just like flossing. We're back to that analogy. I mean, like a ratification of an unauthorized commitment, which there's an episode about that, episode 56. It's a great example. The amount of effort that it takes to ratify an unauthorized commitment, get all the approvals, make sure there's money, make sure that's done properly, and all the people who are supposed to sign off on it. That's a lot more work than just do the mod before you actually have the contract to do the work. Right. Right. And I'd love to get in and explain more, but like you said, there's an episode about that. Yeah. Episode 56. Check it out. But a a ratification is, that is the equivalent of a root canal, I think. Um, (laughs) Right. Right. That that is way on the far end of, ouch, this is really, really bad. (laughs) The far end of, ouch. You always say, if, if we don't have time to do it right the first time, we, we sure don't have time to do it twice. And that's what, that's what this is about, right? Flossing takes a minute a day. Dental problems that could occur if you don't floss could impact you the rest of your life. And, and likewise, contract management, it could be a half hour a week, honestly, to catch some of the things we talk through here. But not catching them could, like we talk about, could result in mission failure because the contractor has to stop work because they literally can't afford to work for free because they don't see themselves getting paid. And raising my hand because I got that letter from a contractor once. That was very awkward. I had a contract once for a, a product deliverable. And we did not do a good job of communicating expectations and making sure that the contractor understood all the stuff in the contract. I know that sounds crazy to say, but been there. And what happened, the deliverable was not on time. Um, it was going to cost a lot more to get it where we thought it was going to go. The, the, the clear understanding of how the contract was being administered I was not paying attention closely enough and it just about caused mission failure because this product was needed. It was going to you know, a, a austere location that they were expecting it to show up and it showed up two weeks late. It was a big deal. Hence the reason I remember it, you know, 10 years later. Right. Another one, because we were more proactive, we realized that there was going to be a lot of travel coming up and the travel clin was set as a cost type. And rather than have to work our way through that and be guessing from a funding perspective, we said, well, we know where we're going. We know what the locations are going to be. Let's put it, make the clin firm fixed price and negotiate the costs now. And it took, I don't know, like a week and a half to go through and, and come up with the seven different locations. And then fast forward six months when it came time to administer the contract and actually change the con and modify the contract to execute those particular tasks, we had the price already. It was a five minute project. Much easier as opposed to having to negotiate it down the road. It's because I was looking at the contract and, they, and the contractor told me, um, this is going to be harder to do <laughs> as a cost type because I'm going to have to submit all these forms to you. So really good communication there. Right, right. Again, prevention is more effective than having to fix that by having them submit a claim for all these extra costs that weren't anticipated but were in scope that they were told to do. And now you got to figure out how to get that authorized and get them paid. My, my favorite story of this one is during the, the first month of a kickoff of a, of a contract for, for product delivery. And the, the Navy SEALs wanted us to tweak the, the fit of this piece of equipment a little bit, right? So we modified the contract. You know, we, we actually did it there on the, on the, you know, in, in the room, basically, and mapped out what it would cost. 
and the change in cost to the material and whatnot was $11 per unit. And these, these units are like a thousand bucks a piece. So it's like a 1% change. Now imagine if, if the Navy SEAL says to the contractor six months from now, like in the heat of, Hey, I need these things. Hey, I need you to fix this. And they're doing it after the fact, you know, they're, they're retrofitting this piece of, of equipment and then they're sending me a bill for it. Yeah. Just the shipping is more than 11 bucks. <laughs> exactly. That's a lot more work. And you can see how that would impact industry as well. They've delivered their product. They think it's good and gone. Their, their folks, their people are moved on to another project working on something else. Suddenly there's some fix-it work. Sure, they're going to get a mod. There's going to be money coming in for that, but they might not have the staff available to do it right away. Again, ha- having those kind of conversations, that open communication helps to avoid those issues. The exact same things apply on the industry side. We talked about how payment, about incremental funding, how if you don't do the proper notifications, the government doesn't get the money on time. You may not be able to submit invoices. You may have to stop work. Not a good thing. We talked about deliverables. Some of them are buried in the contract. I had a contract, actually a bunch of contracts with a particular agency where they added a new clause about I think it was it was a labor hour reporting clause that required some data collection about how many hours were worked by which labor categories and how much they cost. They're trying to compare costs across contracts for similar labor categories. I remembered when they incorporated that clause into the contracts, but I didn't really pay attention to the details of it until it was time to report. Hey, oh yeah, that clause is... We're supposed to report here in a a week or something like that. Then I look at it and figure out how much data collection is required. If I had set it up ahead of time and collected the data as we went, it would have been the matter of just consolidating it and submitting it. Instead, there was a mad rush that involved probably six other people in the company (laughs) that I'm immediately demanding their time. You got to give me this data now. We got to do this. And, you know, pulling almost an all-nighter to build this spreadsheet to report in the specific format that they required. All because I wasn't doing it incrementally along the way. It would have been really easy to set up a report right out of the accounting system that gave us the data in the right format if if we'd have done that up front and let it get fed the whole time instead of trying to collect it all at the end. So yes, that could have been bad. That could have been a black eye. Right? If if would the world have ended or the contract stopped if I didn't submit that on time? No. But my reputation is damaged with that contracting office. And that customer could be a CPAR hit for not submitting the required deliverables on time, all because you just didn't collect it as you went. You saved it to the last minute. And, and unfair or not, as I put on my contracting officer hat, I'm like, well, it's an easy thing to send us, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> right. from my perspective, it's just data. You can just pull, it just magically drops out of your accounting system, right? Yeah, I forgot about that. I, as a contracting officer, it's really difficult sometimes to understand the impacts of the things you're asking the contractors for the themes, things that seem simple never <laughs> end up being as simple as you, as you think. And it's the things that, that are complex or that seem complex to the government. It might be something industry does all the time and has no problem submitting. Scope creep is probably one of my, my biggest concerns with not doing effective contract management. Uh, we had Shelly Hall on our team. She was helping one of our customers because the, the contracting officer representative, the core, was making the case that, hey, this is within the scope of the contract. You need to do this. And the contractor, who's you know, our customer, is like, I, it's, it's not. I can't, I, can't, I can't connect the dots here. And oh, by the way, this is an expensive thing to do. And so the solution, obviously, is we'll go to the contracting officer and say, we're not doing it. Well, that's not really 
effective because you know, now you're making an enemy, right? And so to navigate that relationship, we ended up having you know, everybody sits in the room and we coached them on how to walk through this conversation so that this is a contract management thing. If we deal with this now and make sure that we understand, you could make the case that this could fit in the contract, but we don't see it that way. So let's negotiate a solution that it's within the overall scope of what the contract was for, but it was an additional cost. And so being able to navigate that takes relationships, takes understanding of, you know, what does the contract actually say? What do the clauses say? How does this work? And then that had a happy ending because in the end, the contracting officer was like, okay, I can see how you say this. I can see how you see this. Let's make this mod. And that way we'll, we'll end up with a document and it's going to cost a little bit more, but not as much as you want. And in the end, to your point, there's no black eye. Because if they say, I'm not doing it. And the core says, well, they should have done it. And then they give them a bad CPARS and then we're having a useless fight. Right. <laughs> it's just a big time vampire. Right. There was another Skyway customer that had a core request them for, to do something additional. And it was like $60,000. It wasn't a ton of money, but that's still, that's a lot of money, especially to a small business. And they knew at the time that it was probably out of scope and was going to be a change. But instead of doing the small things in making sure they had written documentation from the contracting officer, written direction to do this, they just kind of rolled ahead with it. And when it came down to getting paid for it, it created that mess that we've talked about a couple times to get paid for what the work that they had already done. Yeah. Cause at, at that point it was seen as out of scope and the person that had approved it was long gone. And yeah. Yeah. And all for something that could have been no problem at all. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, it's the whole hindsight's 2020. So be in repair, <laughs> don't, don't be in repair mode, you know, be in prevention mode. Or as the great Washington Redskins coach, uh, Steve Spurrier once said, hindsight's 50, 50. What? <laughs> oh, that's probably why Steve was full of those great comments like that. <laughs> wow, that's just classic. Most people probably think of Steve Spurrier as a college coach and don't even remember his short stint with the Redskins, but that quote's enough to to keep it in my mind. Love it. Let's not neglect talking about when all this stuff occurs. We always link things to the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones. We're talking contract administration, so this is clearly in the execution time zone side. This is after contract award, and it's every zone from the honeymoon zone at the kickoff where you can clarify what little contract administration things are going to need to be done along the way all the way through to the wrap-up zone where if you haven't properly administered the contract, you're just leaving a big mess to close it out at the very end. In the acquisition time zones, you're going to start to feel this in the market research zone because the market research zone is where the RFP is getting written. And we can look back at, at what happened in the contract management side and say, gee, this is a really bad idea to make this schedule deliverable every week. Or this was a really bad idea to do this as a cost type contract. I guess you're right. The contract administration occurs during the execution time zones. But if you pay attention and learn from those, you can make the next contract easier to administer. And that would occur during the market research zone. Yeah, because that's when you're doing it again. Let's not make the same mistakes twice. All right, that's enough of the time zones. Acquisition time zones are episode three, if you want to listen back to that. And execution time zones are summarized in episode 84. I think that's what we wanted to say today, Kevin. Let's wrap this one up. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Uh, so the... the <laughs> Big takeaway for me, contract administration is like flossing, right? It's not exciting. It may seem tedious. Okay, that's repetitive because you got to do it you know, every day. But there's this thing called the Murphy's Military Law. And the number six of Murphy's Military Law is, is if it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. 
Thanks, Mark Horseman from uh, Manager Tools <laughs> for <laughs> introducing me to that, to that idea. It may seem stupid to have to do this every day, but it works. Well, contract administration may seem tedious, but it works. It keeps the big problems from becoming big. Yeah, and every day might be every week. It's back to, is flossing every third day good enough? Well, maybe, maybe not, but it's better than flossing every three months. Or a or hundred times. <laughs> or a hundred times on the last day, right. We kind of pointed out in here, there's so many nooks and crannies in government contracts. There's so many requirements that might not be clear on the surface. If you're on the government side, don't assume that the contractor knows or understands them all. The kickoff is a great time to make sure they understand it. They should have understand it from reading the RFP with a microscope. They may <laughs> not, everybody does that. Yeah, they may not have though. So if you clarify those at the kickoff of the contract, you're in better shape, right? You've done some preventative medicine right up front. And don't assume they've read it all. I mean, as a contracting officer, I assumed that at my peril and was surprised at the things that they, the clauses they didn't read and the things that they, even if they read it, they didn't understand it because again, they don't live in the FAR like a, like a lot of us geeks do. Industry folks, we mentioned this during the podcast, non-compliance with your contract can be very painful or even fatal. And it's not at, it's usually not as painful for the government, right? You could go out of business if you do work that's not authorized and then try to get paid for it later. The government isn't going to go out of business. Whether, whether they pay you or not, they're not going to go out of business. It's, it could cause impacts, but not as deadly impacts as it, it does on the industry side or can on the industry side. So pay attention to your contracts. Learn those nooks and crannies that we're talking about. A lot of them are the same in every contract. Sometimes there's those little surprise ones or, or a new clause comes up that lands on your contract that you know it does something, but eh, you don't pay too much <laughs> attention to it till later. Contractors, I mean, show the government that you realize how complex contract admin is. Here's the great, greatest way to do that. At the kickoff meeting, have a list of things that you know are the deliverables on a, on a list and say, okay, who am I submitting this to? And here's what I'm expecting to do this. Is, is this the date you're expecting it? And confirm the stuff that's in the contract. I can think of the companies that did that. I can see them in my head <laughs> from the times at the kickoff meeting. They were ready to walk through this and go, this is the expectation that I see. Let's agree on that now. Like, and tell me, and tell me, did I miss anything? Is, are, there, are there any deliverables that you were expecting that, or that you usually get that, that I'm not seeing here? Exactly. And, and I also had the other extreme where they said, okay, who, 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 how am I, what format do I submit this in? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they didn't read it. And I'm kind of, you know, again, <laughs> regretting the fact that I ordered them a contract, but that's a whole rabbit trail. But that whole idea of that, that sets the tone for the, the expectation of we're going to administer this thing. We're, we're going to floss at least every three days to keep this thing from blowing up. So we're not fighting six months from now over somebody not getting paid. Yep. Yep. All right, Kevin, that's great for today. I'll talk to you later. All right. I'll see you, Paul. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoy our podcast, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a business with government contracts. We speak GovCon. So whether you're brand new to GovCon, you just got your first contract, or maybe you're already a successful government contractor, being a Skyway community member gives you the edge. To learn more, call us at 877-884-5280 or check us out at skywaymember.com. We'll see you next week.